Welcome to Church Public. Today we're looking at Independence Day. I hope you celebrate well. We live in a very special place. We experience freedom that is unlike many places in history, even today around the world. That is something to celebrate. Today we're going to look at a couple stories of the time in which the Declaration of Independence was written so that we understand where we came from and what we can and should live up to. You know, modern historians have revised, sometimes even deleted parts of American history. I personally have had the chance to teach my children the American history portion of our schooling, and I love every part of it. I definitely love it more than my kids. But I still try and make it fun and entertaining, as well as factual and helpful for living today. This is not about dead people, dusty documents. This is about living today, why we have what we have, and why we need to protect it. You see, we learn a lot from history. Now, I know a lot of you are sitting there rolling your eyes. But stick in with me for a few minutes, if you can, and see if this helps make sense of some of the things you know, some of the things you experience that are unique to America. You may even come to find you didn't even realize some of the things that are unique to America. My parents-in-law moved to Pennsylvania a few years ago, and I had the chance to visit Washington, numerous other historical sites out there. For me, this is very meaningful because it makes real what otherwise can feel like just a story in a book. No, these events in America's history are real. They did happen. They, there were wars for freedom from an oppressive monarchy. There was a war for freedom for slaves. Yes, you heard that right. I'm not talking about the Civil War. You'll hear in a few minutes that the American Revolution was actually begun in part because there were people in America who did not want to have slaves. People fought and died for these freedoms we have today, and I, for one, want to extend these freedoms to my children, to my children's children, to yours as well. I hope you feel the same. Let's paint a picture for a moment of what it was like when we got to this point in American history. If you don't live in Pennsylvania or Washington or Virginia or you haven't visited there in the summer, I want you to know it can get hot. Imagine for a moment cramming 56 loud, boisterous men together in a stuffy room with no AC for months uh, and then ending up being years. So summer turned into fall, turned into winter and on and on. For two years, they met and tried to figure this out. They tried to figure out the best way to govern a group of braggedy, unruly colonies. This was the gathering of leaders in 1774, two years before the Declaration was written. And this is the first Continental Congress. You know, Great Britain at the time was oppressive to the 13 colonies here in America. They required large taxes from people. But no one in America was in England representing them, at least in the way that it makes sense to us now. You know, we have senators and house representatives and everything, and they didn't have that. If prices went up and they didn't like it, well, oh well, nothing they could do. And of course, they didn't have phones or email or Twitter, so people from Massachusetts didn't know people from Georgia, and people from Pennsylvania didn't know people from Virginia, and they all just came together into this room in Pennsylvania in the hot summer to try to figure out what to do with Britain and what to do with one another's different colonies. And in case you didn't know, the very first thing they did when they got together, after coffee and tea, of course, is pray. Yes, they stopped to ask God for wisdom, for favor, as they entered into this history-changing moment. In Pennsylvania, where this happened, right around the corner from Independence Hall is Carpenter's Hall in, in Philadelphia, and right around the corner from that is Christ Church. They didn't just bless the time with a short thanks to God, you know, like we do over a meal. No, no, they got the Reverend Jacob Shea to come and pray for and with them. According to the records, it lasted about two hours. When was the last time you prayed for two hours? I mean, we struggled to pray for two minutes, right? 
prayer began this journey of independence and prayer went through the whole process. It's prayer we need the most, both then and now, because prayer aligns our hearts to the God of creation, the author of our lives and our livelihood. At that time, they studied four chapters of the Bible. That morning, they included Psalm 35 and some others. And finally, two long years later, In 1776, they finished this Declaration of Independence. They were praying and seeking through it the whole time. Let's take a look at a couple of the people that signed the Declaration so we can understand what they were thinking, why this document and this day in history is important at all. You've probably heard of John Hancock, but again, as I mentioned, there are 56 men struggling to figure out what to do with Britain and what to do with one another's colonies. You may have heard of Sam Adams, now you probably think of him as the beer guy, but you know, a couple of centuries ago, he was a great leader in the revolution against Britain. He gave a big speech on the day the declaration was presented to the General Congress. He said, We have this day restored the sovereign, to whom alone men ought to be obedient. He reigns in heaven with a propitious eye, beholds his subject, affirming that freedom of thought and dignity of self-direction which he bestowed on them. From the rising to the setting sun, may his kingdom come. Now, if you don't speak that kind of English, let's go through that just a little bit more clearly and figure out what he said. He said, we have this day, after declaring independence from Britain, restored the sovereign, that means God, to whom alone men ought to be obedient. In other words, not the king in Britain, who was also called sovereign. It was a play on words, a very intentional one, and a very offensive one, if you're the king. He goes on, He, God, reigns in heaven, and with a propitious, that's just a big word to say, favorable eye, beholds his subjects, he watches over us, affirming that freedom of thought and dignity of self-direction which he bestowed on them, on each of us, from the rising to the setting sun, may his kingdom come. Such a great statement and it's such a great prayer that is as true today as it was in 1776. We want God to be sovereign, not the government, not the president, not the king. God reigns in heaven, watches over us, wanting us to exercise the very freedom that he purchased for us on the cross of Jesus Christ. And from Psalm 113 to Jesus speaking in Matthew 6, from the rising to the setting sun, may his kingdom come. Many say, Our founders were agnostic or atheistic or deistic at best. But this was clearly a man who not only knew God, but knew Jesus. He knew scripture enough to quote it that well and put it into this speech. And many of the founders who were were followers of Jesus Christ, and they made that plainly known. The document signed the freedom fought for came at a high price, and they were quick to thank God for his faithfulness through these troubled times. The king of England at the time was recognized as being the sovereign, as I mentioned. He was appointed by God. He represented God. Sam Adams, with the other founders, made this declaration that they were no longer to be ruled by a king on this earth, but instead would now be one nation under God. This is the Church Public Podcast, and we're talking about church and culture, faith and community. So I want to continue with a couple more founders that not only had faith, but fought for the inclusion of faith in society in order to make it better. Another of the founders that we look at this Independence Day is named Benjamin Rush. You've probably not heard of him. You've probably heard of Benjamin Franklin, again, John Hancock, 
John Adams. You, you probably have heard of some of them, but Benjamin Rush doesn't get any credit, but he should. <clears throat> John Adams, one of America's first presidents and one of the founders, said there were th- the said that the three most significant founding fathers were George Washington, no surprise, Ben Franklin, also no surprise, and Dr. Benjamin Rush. To us, big surprise. Not at the time, but to us it is. Benjamin Rush, a great doctor, started a bunch of universities. He also came up with cures that we even still use today in medicine. Again, a guy from Pennsylvania. And he and Benjamin Franklin were working through some things um, in the government of Pennsylvania uh, at the time. And in 1774, they passed an anti-slavery law. The King of England, again, these were colonies of England in America, vetoed this law and said, no, no, you're under our rule, so we're still doing this thing. So Benjamin Rush and Benjamin Franklin together said, well, we do want to end slavery, so let's just not be part of the British Empire anymore, which is a crazy statement. Again, we may not recognize the fullness of this statement, but at the time, the British Empire was the biggest and most powerful empire in the world. So for a little colony in the middle of a little country called America, which again wasn't even a country at the time, a little continent called America, we'll say, to say, well, we're just going to leave the greatest and most powerful empire in, in that current world is a crazy statement. But that's what these guys wanted to do for various reasons, for freedom of religion, for freedom of speech, for freedom of people that were in bondage at the time. Benjamin Rush started one of the first American abolitionist societies. He started the first American Bible society. He wanted to give Bibles to everyone because he knew that there was truth and morality found in the Bible that you cannot find elsewhere. He even came up with a new way to print Bibles so they could be distributed more broadly. And he wrote a lot of essays and a a lot of words on how to live and what to do in society. One of them was called The Defense of the Use of Bible in Schools, which is pretty self-evident what it's about, right? But this essay warns, if we remove the Bible from schools, we will spend more time and more money punishing crimes that we could have just prevented if we had instructed young people in morals, in morality. Morality is one of those things we want to talk about here because as we look out, and we talked about last time, we don't see as much morality. That just means knowing what is right and doing what is right. Benjamin Rush reminds us, reminded them back then as well, that there are morals in the Bible, and if you follow these simple things... Life can be better not only for you and your family, but for the whole society. He goes on to say, The only useful education has to be laid in religion, specifically the Bible, because without religion there can be no virtue. Without virtue there can be no liberty, and liberty is the object of our government. In other words, the Bible teaches right from wrong. It teaches that knowledge and action create freedom, specifically the freedom the government and the Constitution are trying to protect. This liberty is the point of our government. It's the point of the Declaration and then later the Constitution that was written. He goes on to say, Without the Bible, America will never be a free nation, but if we teach the Bible, we can always enjoy freedom. That sounds like such an extreme statement today, and it probably sounded like an extreme statement then. But nevertheless, it is true. 
That was Dr. Benjamin Rush. So what's the point of the 4th of July? Why do we celebrate almost 250 years after some old guys signed dusty documents that did something? Let's go back to John Adams again. After the Declaration was signed and America was born, John Adams said in a letter to his wife, I think they, the people, are going to want to celebrate what we did today. I think the future generations will want to celebrate this. I'm happy to believe this day will be celebrated by succeeding generations as this great anniversary festival. This day ought to be commemorated. It ought to be solemnized with pomp and parade, with shows and games and sports and guns and bells and bonfires and illuminations. Read fireworks from one end of the continent to the other from this time forward forevermore. This day ought to be commemorated as the day of deliverance by solemn acts of devotion to God Almighty. We live in arguably one of the freest nations on the earth, maybe even in the history of the world. As we set off fireworks, as we have barbecues, we need to acknowledge with gratitude, thank you, Lord, you've allowed me to be in a place where I have freedom. Gratitude is one of those things that covers over a lot of the offenses. When we recognize what we have and we recognize that a lot of what we have, we didn't do anything about. We aren't the creators of, of what has come to pass. God is the provider and we can thank him for providing. This Independence Day that gives us the freedom that we have is something to celebrate and it's something to thank God for. It serves to note that not every civilization in history, not even every country today, experienced the freedom that we experience here and now. You can say what you want, you can worship what you want, you can work, you can play, you can basically do what you want. This has not always been the case. It may not always be the case. Freedom is a gift. It's fragile. It was bought with a price, both in our salvation through Jesus Christ and in this country through this hard revolution. Let everything you do Today, tomorrow, every day, glorify the name of Jesus on this earth until the day that his kingdom comes to reign for eternity. Happy Independence Day. God bless you, and have a great weekend. Thanks for joining us today at Church Public. Please subscribe and rate. It really does help. If you like what you hear and you want to support, go to churchpublic.com for some of the options there. God bless, and we'll be talking soon. 